You're listening to the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your calls. Andrew Forbes, Peter Barrichini, and Alex Hoffman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 78 of Sticks in the Six. Six. Sticks in the six. Good start. Good start. I'm really great start. Yeah. I'm your host, Andrew Forbes, here with my co-host, Peter Barracchini. And back to two this week, Alex has got some work engagements uh, going on. Uh, so it's just the two of us. And we're going to do a little quick epi here for you. Um, but uh, before we get into the hockey talk here, Peter, how's it been this week for you, buddy? Uh, pretty good, actually. Um, you know, before we started the show, I got a new phone because, you know, plan was up. So I thought I'd take advantage of that before you know all the deals expire so i went out got a new phone set everything up a little hiccups here and there hopefully they work itself out but you know technology love it and hate it at the same time eh oh absolutely absolutely i've been putting off getting a new phone just because i i hate the transition of moving everything over oh Um, yeah and usually my my space is taking up on my phone so i can't like do the full backup and Mm. restore and all that so um, but yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I, I'm still, I'm still reluctantly using my, my old laptop here too. Uh, should, should dive into the new one at some point, but we'll Worth figure the investments. it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, it's been quite a week, uh, a leaf record tied, uh, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, uh, I, I don't know if you'd call him a legend of the game, but a, a one, a, certainly a star player in Anaheim, uh, lets everybody know that he's going to be calling it quits at the end of the year. Yeah. And of course we see some big names return to the leaf lineup with Muzzin and Campbell back. Um, so with that said, let's jump right into Maple Leafs talk. Uh, do you want to get into the, the Vili Hanola um, cross check on bunting right off the hop? Cause I know, I know Twitter Leafs Twitter anyways, took that one pretty, pretty hard. What are your thoughts on that one? I mean, I think, Every single time there's a bad call, you're going to hear from Leafs Nation, Leafs fans, everything. And, and again, it, it, it's all, it all comes down to consistency. You know, Matthews had his stick high up on Darlene, instant suspension right then and there because he got the notification saying, or there was already the report that, you know, he's already got an imp- or interview with the Department of Player Safety. Literally the exact same thing. Happens. Stick comes up on Bunting's face, right in front of the ref, nothing, and bam. You know, like, it, it, it's getting nauseating at this point. It's getting ridiculous. Um, how their how plays happen right in front of their faces, and they just let it slide. Like, if you want to let some minor stick infractions go that are, like, kind of iffy, whatever, fine, whatever, but a stick to the face, you know, hit to the head, all that stuff can't go uncalled. Like, like it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, punch to the chin, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you know, slew foot. Yeah, punch, punch to the face too. Kind of like what, well, like you said, with Justin Hall and uh, Paul Stastny there. So, I for me, for yeah. me, it's just it, it's aggravating because it's you know, least Twitter takes to obviously Twitter and, and starts you know, screaming foul and and then you get all like the leaf haters, which is basically fans of everyone, 31 teams (laughs) um, come out and have to voice their opinion about, well, you know, the Leafs suck and Leafs Twitter is this and Leafs Twitter is that, but you know what, at the end of the day, like, I mean, the call needs to be made. Yeah. You know, and and I said it last week on the, on the show, 
I, the Jets and the Bruins seem to go back and forth on which team is the dirtiest team in the NHL right now. And mm-hmm. when we were saying the Bruins could be taking that that title, or when I was saying the Bruins could be taking that title with Taylor Hall and his his sucker on uh, Labushkin, um, then you come back with the Jets and they decide to one up them again and and just you know create terror on the ice once again. And it's just like, I mean, I get. I get the Leafs need to be ready for playoff hockey. I and, and I'm totally for getting that physicality up and, and, yeah. and playing that type of game. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, a stick to the head is a stick to the head. I, yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't think <laughs> there's, there's no way around area. it. Yeah, and, and and what what's even worse is that the the issue with the Matthews one was that it, it was right to his face and and. But there's provocation there. Like Rasmus Dahlin was was continually beating yeah. him down in front of the net. This one, there's no provocation. People this just happens don't, right then and there. Yeah, people just don't like bunting. He was going to the net and he took the cross check to the head. And mm-hmm. again, no call. Um, but I think I, I think you're seeing some resilience with the Leafs because they're starting to get used to the fact that they're not going to get the calls. Yeah. Um, Leafs Twitter certainly isn't. I, I saw some more some more uh, tweets this morning about uh, some calls that went. <laughs> you know, missed on a John Tavares hook, uh, in OT last night. Yeah. Um, but I, I've, I've, I've decided I'm going to take a step back from, from crying foul because it doesn't seem to make a difference. The department of player safety is not listening. Uh, head of, head of NHL officiating isn't, isn't listening. Uh, and it doesn't seem to be getting anywhere. So and even the fact, even the fact that Dubas said, everything's fine. Yeah. You know, kind of like, like he, like he, like he's forced to say it obviously because he's forced to say it in that tone, clearly everything's not fine. And all the other GMs at the meetings pointed the refing as a major issue. So it's not just the Maple Leafs at this point. It's every single GM complaining about it at this point. No, at some point, Stephen Walkham has got to get involved and just, you know, there, there's got to be some changes made. Like whether it's, whether it's, an overhaul of the officiating or it's, yeah. it's sitting them down and, and almost retraining, like saying, Hey, like this, this is what we missed or, or do what we've talked about in the past, hold them accountable after every game. Like the NBA yeah. does have that two minute drill at the end of the game where they look, look over tape and, and like call out your referees for making bad, mm-hmm. bad calls or missed calls or what, what have you. But in I a mean, perfect we've been, world though. Yeah. We've been saying that since Tim, the Tim Peel incident, we've yeah. been saying that there needs to be an overhaul since then. And, and there, there's been no change. So um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Um, obviously it's good to see that bunting's fine. He's, he's good mm-hmm. to go. He's still playing that top line. They're still producing. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, you know, tough to see as a Leaf fan when you see Matthews take two games for that. But um I do want to talk about the Leafs play as of late against some of the top tier teams in the Atlantic division. You've got Boston, you've got uh, Florida and you've got Tampa Bay. And really they should have won last night's game against Florida mm-hmm. up five, one. I saw a tweet by Sportsnet stats that since that uh, playoff debacle in game seven against the Bruins in 2013, the Leafs have given up seven, four, one leads uh, over that span, including last night, seven. Damn. No other team Lucky has seven. more. No other team has more than four losses when it comes to a four-one lead uh, over that same period of time. So, I don't know if it's just that uh, that yip that the Leafs get when they go up four-one and they just can't get it done. It's like. I think I, I used this reference last week too. Chuck Knobloch throwing to first base um, 
he just gets in his head and he can't get it done. Right. And, and, and yeah. they seem to be the same way when they go up four one, but um, aside from the OT loss last night, what are your takeaways against these, these Atlantic division rivals that, you know, the Leafs have lived up to playing at their level? Well, I, I mean, you're seeing it quite a bit online. They are their own worst enemy. And that, that's literally all it is at this point. You know, they have the lead, it gets in their head, and then the unthinkable happens. And, yeah, we can talk about how disappointing it was to blow a 5-1 lead when you've had the stranglehold and then Florida gets back in it. But let's face it, the Florida Panthers are, like, one of the elite teams in this league. They're playing back-to-back against Tampa Bay. You won six two. You got you basically played a good solid 30, 30, 40 minutes in this game. And then it kind of looked like fatigue had set in. You know, it, it was bound to happen, especially when you have one of the top offensive teams in the league and you can't count them out because they're just that good. I mean, there is no other way around it. Um, but if you were to tell me before heading into last week, where they just came off the 4-2 loss to the Montreal Canadiens. If you told me that in that span of the game against the game against the Panthers, Bruins, Jets still good despite them being out of a playoff spot, and the Tampa Bay and Florida Panthers game, I'm not going to include the Philadelphia Flyers because they're way out of it, but the Atlantic, those, those five games are against top-tier teams somewhat. They have scored five-plus in all five of those games, six of you and count the Flyers. And they had a wide and sizable margin, especially against the Atlantic teams. They had – I'm going to try and do my math properly here. They had six against Tampa, six against Boston, five against the Panthers the first time. So if my math is correct, that's 17 plus six. That's 23 goals for to have that many goals against three dominant teams is absolutely impressive. And yeah, it's disappointing that they lost. Yeah. It's disappointing. They blew the lead, but at the same time, if we were to take a possible uh, 10 points out of those games and come away with nine, I'm very happy considering how well those teams have played, especially Boston was coming in hot. Florida was coming in hot. We played well against them on a back-to-back night Somewhat well played well uh, against them on a back to night, back to back night again after dominant win against Tampa. So, yeah, the, the, this team can put can do well and be a real threat if they put their mind to it. It's just you got to work some of that, those this, the defensive deficiencies, and I think you know you saw that glaringly with Justin Hall last night, where you know you sit Labushkin for Justin Hall, which really doesn't quite make any sense. But yeah. Um, the fact that they're able to dominate against the top teams and maybe not so much against the bottom again, that's kind of like a bad, you know, scenario. I don't know how that works out, but the fact that they play their best and put their best foot forward against the best is a really good sign, especially when you're going into the playoffs where, you know, your best is going to be at 110% at that point. I'll read you a quick tweet from uh, former THW writer, Chris Feria. Uh, he posted a graphic of expected goals for and, and goals for percentage over 60 minutes. Uh, the Leafs have eight legitimate NHL defensemen and rank top 10 in expected goals against at five versus five ahead of Florida and not far behind Tampa and Colorado. Can we please move past the narrative that their defense is a problem? 
Right now, the Leafs' defense is probably the best it's been in a long time. Oh, yeah. The decision-making sometimes with playing a guy like Hall over Labushkin. And I saw an argument, I think it was made towards Alex um, on Twitter, that, you know, well, why would you put Labushkin in who only has one assist over his 19 games with the Leafs? Well, that's not what he's here for. Um, Consistency. Yeah, and it, I mean, if you if you – if you look at his stats over his career, he's not he's not your big point producer. He's a guy that's going to go out there and play physical and and create mayhem in the neutral zone and, and in his defensive zone. So that's that's why you play him. Justin Hall just creates mayhem, period, and not for the not not for the opposition. And I think that's that's where like if you're going into the playoffs right now, your top six does not include Justin Hall. And really, I mean, we're going to get into this in a second, but Sandine's back skating. He might not slot into your top six either with the way that Lilligren's been playing with Gio. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of conversation here as to what's, you know, who's going to, who's going to make the playoff roster. Are the Leafs going to run with 7D maybe to get Sandine in there? Um, does Justin Hall be become a, you know, uh, a black ace um, in, in the playoffs. I mean, that's, that's the a real question that the, the team has to ask themselves. Um, and I think he showed last night. I mean, Muzzin, Muzzin was arguably one of the best leaf defensemen last night. Oh yeah. Seven there hits, were... seven hits led the team, four block shots, led the team had four shots and a goal. And this is coming off of, you know, uh, what he missed 16, 16 games. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he did look great. I mean, yeah. Again, some, defensive lapses here and there, but, you know, look who he's playing with. I mean, you're looking at, you know, Justin Hall, and everyone's going to say, oh, why are you right? Like, you know, you know, criticizing Hall so much. Those three goals, the the two Sam Reinhardts and even uh, the Claude Giroux one, or I, I can't remember which one, but there were three goals where he was so slow to come back on the back check and tie a player up that it resulted in the goal. That to me is unacceptable. I get that there are times where he is on his game. He is playing well, but in that kind of situation, he can't rise up to the pressure. He can't play against the best. He can't keep up. Labushkin as you know, criticized, he, he could be criticized for his skating and his mobility at times. He at least knows where to be at the right time and at the, at, at the right place. He's better at blocking players out. He's better at laying the body. He's got better mobility, especially in transition and knowing when to pinch up and, you know, keep the play alive. Justin Hall doesn't do any of that. And I tweeted last night too, that after this game, there should be no justification to play Justin Hall over Ilya Labushkin. There isn't. And you literally saw that with simple stick checks, simple plays where you got to tie it up. So basic hockey one-on-one. And Justin Hall can't even do that. And I get that there are times where he is trying and he's putting his best foot forward. And there were a couple games when in uh, Muzz's absence where he was playing well with TJ Brody. But still, that consistency wasn't there and it wasn't showing in that game. I know, absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and as I mentioned, the Leafs are going to have some tough decisions moving forward here, especially going into the playoffs. Andre Kasha is, you know, skating again. Rasmus Sandin is skating again. And before going down, Rasmus Sandin was playing some incredible hockey for the Leafs. Um, Kasha, I mean, like we've talked about before, he's he's sort of a kamikaze out there, just, you know, yeah. throwing himself into whatever he's he, he can do to, to add some, some spice to that team and, and be a productive third liner. Um, so, I mean, going in, the Leafs have a lot of decisions to make. 
Um, but another another guy that did return, and we, we mentioned Muzzin. Uh, I'll get your thoughts on him as well. But I, I want to know what you have seen with Jack Campbell since coming back. He's played, he's played well, two and a half games relatively. Um, and uh, for me, aside from the, the, the Florida falter last night, and I, I don't even put that on Campbell. Tough situation. Um, he's played relatively well coming back from that injury. Yeah. Um, no other way around it. And I, I, I get you're going to look at 846 save percentage, 26 saves coming in for Shalgren. Tough situation, but yeah. Yeah. Again, the stat line there doesn't look great. But even then, the Maple Leafs didn't look great in that second half of that game. I mean, Tampa Bay was just all over them. They mounted a pressure or some pressure back after the sixth goal, and that's when they finally got their eyes together and tied it up. But throughout the whole entire game, Campbell stood on his head. He made impressive saves that he probably wouldn't have been making if he was still playing through that injury right now. In the game against the Philadelphia Flyers, Again, you saw 10 in the first five minutes. He was absolutely on point. And I think the best thing that's standing out or the best thing that I've noticed is his mobility. Too many times where he wasn't moving properly, and I guess that hindrance with the rib, it it would do some damage. It would impact your play. You're not seeing that. You're seeing him stretch the body out. You're seeing him make quick lateral movements. And he's making timely saves. Toe, glove, blocker. He, in those three games, you could put up a compilation of how many like like grand larceny type of saves that he's made that could be into like a top 10, top 20. And two of those games are against top tier division teams. The fact that he's coming back, the fact that he's on his game right now, and again, the Florida Panthers, that second half, the defense just basically shut down. They had no answer. And even though, again, four goals against, Campbell stopped the bleeding, still looked great, and... I don't blame that on him. He came in because Shogren got took the puck up high. Thank God nothing's wrong with Shogren. Little Because that'll be a mess Little sting, in itself. Yeah. yeah I, it, and it was all just a precaution thing. It, it just it rattled him a bit. But I, again, three games back, I hope that his confidence is high because he's got two wins, came in, did what he could in that game because they lost momentum. And he still gave him a fighting chance no matter what. So I'm, I've been extremely happy that this is the Jack Hamill that we saw early on. This is the Vesna type of, or, you know, when he was in the running for the Vesna, the all-star type of goaltender that we had, I think he's, I think he's found his game and this is going to be great heading down the stretch. At this point in time, like for me, all I need to see is an average type goalie. Yeah. Slightly above average. If you give me slightly above average numbers, this team will pick you up. Yeah. Give me, give me even... You know, give me nine fifteen. Um, you know, two two and a half goals against. I think you're talking about a, a team that can get past the first round with the way that they're scoring right now. So long as everything comes together all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, since since his return, I've had no issues with Campbell's play. I think he's made some great saves. He's picked up some some um, picked the Leafs up in some spots where maybe they you know, they could have given up a goal and he, he stood tall. So that's what you need is you need a goalie that's going to step up in certain situations and have those big saves down the stretch to give you the opportunity to win. And I mean, you're right against Florida last night, like Toronto just lost it. They, 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 they had 
whether it was fatigue coming off the back to back against Tampa, they picked themselves up for the Tampa game and, and had a great start to Florida and, and kind of died off. And I think it showed, but I mean, you can't pin that on the goaltending. You can't pin that on the defense. It's not just one aspect of the game that they failed at. I think it was multiple aspects down the stretch, but yeah, I, I'm impressed with Cam- with Campbell coming back. And, you know, I think he's, he's back to kind of being that, that goaltender that can get it done and you have to have confidence in him and he's going to have confidence in himself to, to be that playoff goaltender as the Leafs move forward, because we know Morazic's situation. We know Shalgren's not going to be the starter going into the playoffs. So, I mean, at this point, there's really only one option. And, uh, you know, I think, I think he's just got to, he's got to look at those two wins that he has since coming back and, and know that he's, he's capable of getting the job done. Yeah. I, 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 given the situation right now with the goaltending, obviously you got to address it in the off season, but what do you do? Like you could easy answer would be to try to trade Peter Morazic and give the backup reins to Shogren based on the way that he's played. But no, I think that even possible. I think you need to get, get a legitimate NHL backup. And that's if you sign Campbell. I mean, this is, this is all on the basis of if you sign Campbell, if you don't sign Campbell, Morazic is going in as your starter if you make no other move. Yeah. And I, I don't think the Leafs are prepared to do that. I don't think Dubas is prepared to do that. And I can tell you right now, Leafs Twitter will explode if that's the situation going into next season. <laughs> yeah. Especially with a 25, 26-year-old, you know, core now. Then you're, you're I mean, you're not in a good situation. But yeah. there's going to be options out there. And that's the thing they have to look at. There's going to be options. I mean, Maybe he retires, maybe he doesn't, but Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be out there. Uh, we've talked about this on a previous episode. The The amount of goaltenders right now that are going to be available in the offseason, if you can move Morazic and sign a legitimate 1B, I, you know, I think they can put themselves in a good position. And as I've said prior to this, Campbell getting injured might have been the best case scenario for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Him having that struggle down the stretch might have been the best case scenario for the Leafs if they want to sign him. Um, yeah, but yeah, we'll. I mean, we'll see. We'll we'll revisit that obviously in the off season before we uh, go on season two hiatus. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's something to keep an eye on, and and goaltending is going to be a major question mark going into the off season. Um, one other guy I wanted to get your opinion on was Jake Muzzin, obviously returning last night. As I mentioned, probably one of the the most productive uh, defensemen for the Leafs last night. Um, yeah, looked a little little out of sorts in certain situations. Again, playing with Justin Hall, that can happen. But all in all, I mean, a relatively good game for coming off of the stretch that he had and coming off yet another head injury. Yeah, and... You know, it, it was scary when that when it happened the second time. I mean, it, it was just like, man, he can't catch a break. Um, after what seemed like a really strong season last year, the pairing of him and Hall just hasn't been there. Although when Hall wasn't with them, you saw slight improvement. And then, you know, first concussion goes down. Second concussion goes down. The fact that I think they took the time with him this second time around and even, you know, with Jack Campbell, uh, obviously with a concussion, you want to take the necessary steps and precaution. I think the fact that they, I mean, you shouldn't rush him back, but they took their time longer than expected. And the fact that even though that he was still practicing, 
still putting on that red jersey. There was an indication where he's close, but still not 100%. And the doctors wouldn't have cleared him if they didn't feel that he was, you know, able to come back. So that's a big step forward. And yeah, I mean, that was a fantastic shot and Pat uh, on his goal by Matthews. And, you know, obviously Leafs Twitter blew up because, you know, nobody deserved it more than him with the struggles, with the injuries. It, 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 this just wasn't the year for him. And obviously he wants to look forward to, you know, the future and everything like that. If he wants to have like, a, like another successful few seasons with the Middle East, with the Leafs, so be it. Um, I'd rather him take as much time as he needs, especially now that he's got, he has a family, right? He's a family man. He wants to look out for his well-being, theirs as well. And it, I, I honestly, we again, the big thing is consistency because there are times where he has been great and times where he hasn't. I want to see him with Labushkin because or or pair him up with Brody because. Again, we were talking, or there were like many scenarios of like defense pairings going out there before the game. If you pair him up with Labushkin or Brody, I guarantee you, you will see a bit more of a consistency factor to his game than with Justin Hall. Yep. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I, 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 I think you need to give him a good pair. Um, I think he's a guy that he's not going to be the quickest guy out there. And we've discussed that before, but um, you know, he's a guy that can get it done. And we've seen that we've seen what he did in LA. We've seen what he's done with Toronto. If he can stay healthy and it's, I, I hope, I really hope that going into the playoffs that he can, he can stay healthy because that's been, that's been the one downfall to Jake Muzzin over the last couple of years. Um, I think you're talking about a, a, a guy that's going to come back next season and have, have a great comeback year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think the game against Florida, like I said, a few lapses. Uh, good to see him back on the ice and and getting you know gets getting some production and 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 you know being that defensive stalwart that uh, you know they they expect him to be. You know, seven like I said, seven hits, four block shots, led the team in both categories. Uh, you can't really ask for much more from a guy that's uh, coming back from a head injury. Um, with I'm that, just gonna I, throw it back to the Columbus Blue Jackets that series. He went down with a significant injury. Mm-hmm. He left game six against Montreal because he sustained an injury last year. This year, back-to-back concussions. Something. I mean, he's just been having rotten luck trying to stay healthy, yeah. and, and that's the main thing. And, again, you hope that he's there right now. You hope he's 100%, and you hope that he can just find that durability and consistency at this point. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. And we're talking about, well, I mean, this episode, I mean, we, we talked a lot about consistency. One of the most consistent goal scorers in the NHL right now has been Austin Matthews. Careful, Careful. people will get mad. Oh, you dry settle lovers. <laughs> um, but no, Austin Matthews has been one of the most consistent players in the NHL as of late. Uh, again, another hat trick the other night. And I, I do want to say, um, Buddy made me 120 bucks off of three goals. Oh, uh, so you so you locked that in before in in game betting in game there betting. You go. I had him You're for one. As soon as he scored one, I had him for two. As soon as he scored a second, I had him for three. He won me 120 bucks. So that's an easy 120 bucks. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's who's very quickly becoming one of the greatest Leafs to ever play the game. Um, and I know I'm putting I'm putting a huge title on him right now, but I. I'm not going to throw him up there with the Dave Keons and all that yet. I, I, you know, there's, there's still, there's still time and, and hopefully lots of, lots of production 
in a Leaf jersey for Austin Matthews, but he he's certainly going to go down as one of one of the greatest Maple Leafs to ever play the game. And to, for him to tie Rick Vive uh, his his single season goal record for the Maple Leafs franchise um, and and do it with twelve games to go and do it in the capacity that he has obviously starting the year with a wrist injury, which can affect your shot, um, getting the two game suspension. Um, you know, he's, he's had some bumps on the road this season and, and he's, he's going to have his best production uh, in, in his career so far. So I'll get your thoughts on Austin Matthews, but I mean, I think, I think you and I pretty are stand pretty close in, in terms of how we, we view this type of player. Uh, I think just to go back to your first point, maybe he's not up there yet. I think he is up there. I, I honestly think he is. And that's not, and again, the greats are the greats. I mean, Keon, Gilmore, Armstrong, all those players, Sundin, they're in the history books for a reason. We haven't seen this type of play since them, essentially. And they've been scattered throughout the history of the Maple Leafs. And the fact that we're getting a 24 year old, goal scorer who's on the verge of 60 right now. He's six away, five away from a hundred points. And may I remind you the last player to do that, the last Maple Leaf to hit the century mark was Gilmore in 92, 93 on pace for 63 goals and 110 points right now, according to hockey reference, 47 assists. It's just absolute. And again, we talked about it before many times on the pod. It, it, it's, it's just becoming natural at this point to see him do what he does. I mean, we've long, so, I mean, we have Mitch Marner, we have William Nylander. Marner's probably in the discussion for the Hart Trophy as well in scoring race as he's just been on tear the second half, but we've longed for like multiple superstars in a row. The fact that we have three or four right now with Tavares included, Riley five, if you want to throw him in there. It's just absolutely entertaining to see. And there is no stopping him of what he can do. I mean, I'm trying, I'm try- I'll, I'll get back to this when I see the leaders are stat wise, but in terms of goals per game, hang on, I'm, I'm kind of blind at this point, goals per game. In terms of goals per game over a career, Austin Matthews is fifth overall. And we talked about this before, how he was still maintaining his pace. He was fifth before. He's still fifth now. 634. I mean, with Mike Bossy, Mario Lemieux, Side Deneni, and Babe Die as one, two, three, four, he surpassed Alex Ovechkin as the best goals per game player over his career. And Ovechkin's been in the league longer. Obviously, you can make the argument, oh, you know, you haven't seen Matthews play that many, as many years as Ovechkin. Alex Ovechkin was dubbed the one and only player to try and beat Wayne Gretzky's record, and he's still on pace to do that. Now, the question becomes, can Austin Matthews maintain the same pace and try and match Ovechkin's scoring record just like he did Gretzky? This is, we were talking about history with Ovechkin. We're starting to witness history with Matthews at this point. The interesting thing there will be the the stoppages in play. So I mean, obviously, yeah. two COVID years um, hasn't hasn't played through a lockout yet, uh, where Ovechkin did. So I mean, mm-hmm. it, the comparisons are going to be interesting because once once his career is all said and done, injuries included, it, 
you'll have to, I mean, it's a question to ask, right? Yeah. Where, where is he going to be? If he can continue to this pace, are we talking about a top 10, top five goal scorer in NHL history? Are we talking about a guy that can potentially break of Ovechkin's eventual record as I'm sure we are all, you know, in the same thinking that Ovechkin's going to get it at some point before he retires. Um, my question to you, you, you placed him among the leaf greats. And I threw a question out there on the uh, podcast Twitter page uh, not long ago about Legends Row. If Matthews never wins a cup with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and yes, I know Sundin and I know Wendell Clark are on Legends Row, does Austin Matthews get a statue on Legends Row? Absolutely. Absolutely. No hesitation. Um, no hesitation. I mean, I mean, a slight pause, but... Um, <laughs> w- Again, he he's already in the history books or going to be in the history books. He's And not only that, he's not just matching vibe. He's going to, like, smash that record. There's still a good chunk of games remaining, despite the fact that he missed five. He already has 54. And I'd argue that, you know, yeah, there were two COVID years. But in 2019, he already had 47. Mm-hmm. In 56 games, he had 41. Mm-hmm. If he had played those four games – remaining to get to 56 because he only played in 52. You're probably looking at maybe 45. He was already maintaining that pace, even a shortened season. Granted, he would have had, you know, majority of the goals, but in comparison, if Ovechkin had that throughout his career, consistent 40 goal seasons, that is absolutely phenomenal. And he has in six seasons, he has four 40 goal seasons already. That is absolutely phenomenal. And at the pace that he's doing it right now, I, 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 I think that, you know, since he came into the league, I believe he's the one that's leading in goals scored and goals and goals per game. I'm going to have to double check on NHL for that. But, I mean, he, he's just absolutely phenomenal. He's on a tear. He deserves to be up of the greatest. And the fact that we have a player like him right now, I, I want to see more. I hope he can get us a cup because he's determined right now. He's playing with that mindset where even when he scored 50 and even when he tied Rick Vive, he even, I, I believe he even alluded to that. Yeah, you know, it's great, but you know, we, we want to have a winning mentality. He wasn't even focusing on the records. He wants to win. And granted the only way you can win is score goals. And he's one of the best at it, but it's just coincidence that he's among the best at, at this point. Yeah, I think the only way he doesn't get to sixty this season if he if he gets his stick up again and, and George Peros has something to say about it. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Going back to my previous stat, two hundred since he came into the league in 2015, goals. Ovechkin's second with two forty seven. In terms of goals per game, I don't think, I don't think it's, it's even close. I you, you it's probably it, it probably isn't even close. Hang on. Okay, here we go. I was, I was going to the wrong stat. I was going to the wrong section. Bear with me here. Goals per game since 2016-17 till now. Guess who was first? I mean, it shouldn't. Oh my! Why is it so slow? Um, okay, granted, you take away you know four players that have played less than two games that have one goal per game. Austin Matthews is leading the category with 63. 0.63. Ovechkin, 0.58. He's obliterating Ovechkin's pace. And if he's able to maintain that at that kind of a clip, or even if he's able to go higher, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the, the sky's the limit for Austin Matthews. And I, I can almost, like I said, uh, I, I said, you know, he made me 120 bucks. Well, I'm going to bet him on, I'm going to bet on him every single time. And I'm going to do that with DraftKings. Our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino, is coming soon to Ontario. Actually, it should be here now. Uh, soon you'll be able to legally bet on all your favorite sports, ranging from UFC to hockey to playoff hoops and so much more. And that's not all. What if we told you the hottest new casino will be available right from your phone? DraftKings has all the latest features and promotions, ranging from daily odds boosts to best-in-class casino games and so much more. Soon you'll be able to place a same game parlay, score daily, odds boosts, and play your favorite slots, games, anytime, anywhere in the province. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Get excited, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino is on the way. While you wait, check out DraftKings now and tell them that we sent you here at the pod by using promo code SIT6. That's S-I-T-6. That's promo code SIT6. DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino coming soon to Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600. Must be 19 plus to play. Physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbooks for details. Subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of an operating agreement with iGaming Ontario. So shout out to DraftKings and our promo yes. code SIT6. Be sure to check them out. Uh, get signed up. Let them know we sent you. Um, but yeah, whatever you do, bet on uh, Austin Matthews because he's he's uh, not slowing down anytime soon and still a lot of hockey to play before the playoffs hit. So 60, 60 isn't a stretch. 65 might not even be a stretch. We'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah. The last guy to score 60 at the NHL level was Steven Stamkos. So... I mean, shout out to uh, to what he's been able to do over his young career so far with the Maple Leafs. I say he does it. I say he does it. I say he. There's does no it. way he doesn't. No, there's I, no way he doesn't. I'm looking. I'm looking ahead to 65. I'd like to see him hit 65. I think mm. it's doable. There's 12 games left. Um, 11 goals. This is a guy that's had multi goal games like nobody else. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I I say he 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 has a couple of good games and he gets it done. Uh, with that said, any, any other leaf talk you wanted to add to this before we throw it over to our few notes here on NHL news? Um, I think we're good. I, I, I mean, I, again, Matthews is Matthews. Campbell is coming back and that's the main important thing. He's, he's got his game back. He's got his, he's got his mojo. Muzzin looked great. Um, and again, main thing is consistency going forward at this point that, that that's all I'm just looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, quick notes from the NHL. Uh, Sean Monahan, Calgary Flames, is having season-ending surgery, hip surgery. Uh, that'll open up the door to Johnny Goudreau to continue his hot season as he's also top five in scoring. I believe he's tied with Matthews. Actually, sorry, he's five back of the uh, lead right now. I think he's five points back of McDavid. Yeah, um, I, he, he's closing in on the century mark Yeah, that I know for sure. So he might, yeah. Anyways, um, Ryan Getzlav also announced that he – will retire at season's end. Um, quite a career for, for the uh, Anaheim Duck, and he did state that he wanted to stay with the Ducks his, his, his entire career because of the loyalty that the organization showed him as well. Um, 
you know, I think back with Getzlav, I think back to his time with uh, Corey Perry and the dominance that they showed. They had Bobby Ryan there as well. Uh, at the time, they had, you know, when they were younger, they had Scott Niedermeyer there, uh, Chris Pronger. Like, they had some crazy teams. Um, and just to kind of quickly run over what he's done over his career, obviously, he had he earned the Stanley Cup in 2006-07 with, you know, the aforementioned players. On top of that, I mean, this is a guy who's played in 1,150 games. Uh, by the time he's done, he'll be close to close to 1,160. Um, he's 1,013 points. Uh, has two Olympic gold medals, uh, has a world junior gold. Um, yeah, just, I mean, what he's been able to do over his career, former first round pick 19th overall for Anaheim in 2003. Uh, this is, this is a hell of a career for a guy that, uh, you know, the debate is on now. The debate is on is, yeah. is Ryan Getzlav a hall of famer. Before I get into that, I, I, I think he is, I mean, again, cup winner, all-star winner, um, in contention for multiple awards, and you look at his international career too, what he's able to accomplish, especially at the World Juniors. I, re- it, you know, I feel old right now. When in two thousand five, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how old I was. Like, I can't do the math right now, but in two thousand five, I was around maybe thirteen, fourteen. I'm watching that dominant two thousand five Team Canada. World Junior Team with Crosby, Getzlaff, Perry, Bergeron, you name it. All those players, I, I got to witness a fantastic team. I got to watch his fantastic career, and now he's retiring. I can't believe that it, it, it's already come to this, where team, where players from that team are, you know, mid-30s, contemplating retirement, and wow, time really does fly, because it just feels like yesterday that Ryan Getzlaff was in the prime of his career. And I honestly think that, you know, he, even though he may not have won multiple awards or he hasn't won a lot, he was among the best to be at least nominated for them. So the fa- his international career being recognized for those awards, you know, being hitting the thousand point mark, it, it's just absolutely fantastic what he was able to accomplish. I, I think he is going to be a Hall of Famer. Maybe not first or second ballot, but he should be in there at some point. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the, the accolades are there, 1,000 thousand plus points. Um, had seasons of just under 100 points, uh, you know, his third and fourth year in the league. 36 years old, played, well, it'll be 16 seasons by the time he's done. Um, definitely a guy that's going to get some recognition and some consideration when the, when his Hall of Fame year comes around. Mm-hmm. Um, a s- last point I wanted to jump on before we close it out here was that uh, it's not NHL, but it's it's OHL news. Uh, the league has indefinitely suspended um, Niagara Ice Dogs GM Joey Burke and Coach Billy Burke. They both are minority owners in the. Uh, with the organization and the, the organization as well as those two individuals were also fined $150,000 by the league uh, for a WhatsApp conversation that, that uh, they, I guess, received transcripts of on March 6, 2022. Um, The league did conclude that uh, the, from the investigation that the conduct of Burke's, of the Burks was prejudicial to the welfare of the OHL as it violates the league's harassment and abuse diversity policy and also runs counter to the OHL's onside program, which emphasized the importance of demonstrating respect for women through actions and words. 
Um, again, I, I think it, there's no question that everyone should know that TSN's Rick Westhead was involved in reporting on this. Um, there was highly explicit and insulting uh, language used about a female colleague. Um, the Burks are not eligible for reinstatement before June 1st, 2024. So a couple of years uh, to, to really think about uh, what they want to represent in this league. And, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes from there. With that, uh, that's another week in the books, Peter. Uh, hopefully we'll have Alex back next week. Um, and as always, um, you know, it's been a pleasure to, to sit down and talk some hockey with you this week. Anything you wanted to throw out there before we close it out? Uh, you know, just getting into the swing of things with the draft content, you know, profiles are still coming out, um, working on a early kind of least playoff picture or a playoff piece, you know, that they're going to be in the playoffs, who they're going to face is just going to be the question. Um, looking to try and get that out as soon as possible. Um, that's at my end. How about you, man? I just decided in the last hour that I'm going to write a piece about Dreisaitl versus Matthews the real heart trophy winner. So let's get going Edmonton Oilers fans. Let's get going. You know, Eugene in Edmonton. Let's hear what you have to say. Um, Controversy is going to be real. Let's fire this up. Let's fire this up. Uh, it's, <laughs> you know, it'll be out. It'll be out soon. Cause I I'm ready. I'm, I'm amped to write this. So um, you already got your thoughts down. I already have them. They're, they're, they're see, flying. You you're in the them? zone. You see, it's like a beautiful mind. All the uh, all the words flowing over top of my head. The way you're doing that right now on Zoom, it reminded me of Eminem in that in the Super Bowl commercial where he's like putting the lyrics for like "Rap God" yeah. in there. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? I I just I just got that right then and there. Uh, but besides that, like you said, draft content's flowing at the Hockey Writers. Be sure to check us out, Peter, myself, Alex, the whole team at the Hockey Writers, doing some amazing stuff. We've had record-breaking months over the last few months. Um, we continue to push the push the seam of of the the separation between um, jer- like mainstream journalism and and you know where the hockey writers ranks and, and uh, like I said I think I'm I'm the most tenured writer there now so it's mm-hmm. it goes to show you like you know it's an organization that uh, is great to be a part of so um, also big news is that the combine is back in Buffalo and it's going to be exciting it's going to be amazing it's going to be lots of fun. So look for that stuff to come out. Mark Shag is is all over that stuff every single year. So check out uh, Mark Shag on on Twitter as well. Um, but with that, Peter, episode seventy eight in the books. Another great week. Let's look forward to these last twelve games of Maple Leaf regular season hockey. Yes, and uh, we'll be back at it again next week. So if you're listening, be sure to check us out on Twitter. P Barracchini. Uh, for Peter, you can check out Alex at a hops and media, or you can check out myself at Andrew G Forbes. You can also look up the podcast at sticks in the six pod. That's S T I X I N T H E six I X P O D. Or you can check us out on any of your streaming apps, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon music, Apple podcasts. We're all over all that stuff. Make sure you guys hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit follow. Check us out on Twitter and, and, and get involved. We love hearing your questions. We love uh, answering your questions and, and, and talking with our listeners. So hit us up there. Um, otherwise, make sure you follow along on YouTube and uh, be sure to check us out next week for episode 79.